It's been way too long, and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Hey guys, welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. This is Justin over in Los Angeles, and we've got the one and only Mike in the UK. What's up, brother? Soon to be in Los Angeles. Yes. Very excited about that upcoming trip. There's an upcoming trip. If you're a listener and you reside in Los Angeles, I know there's a very good chunk of you. If you want to meet Mike, he's going to be here mid-September. Hit me up. We'll all hang out. Dude, so pumped for you to get over here. Me too. Me too. And I'm pumped for our app today. Very pumped. It's going to be, we're going to, okay, let's just get into it. It's top five movie openings. So top five movie opening scenes. We will tie this up eventually with a top five movie endings. But this is how you start. You start with the beginning, and that's what we're going to do. So it's it's self-explanatory. What are our favorite first scenes of a film, right, Mike? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it's there's some room for interpretation, you know, depending on sort of what's happening during the credits. Is it pre or post? Is it part of it? But I think it's pretty clear. Yeah, I think, you know, if there's any ones that hit a gray area, there's going to be some arguments. So I'm ready. You want to start today? Well, yes, but first we need to get to our spotlight which this week is the movie that just came out in theaters and on HBO Max, Reminiscence, uh, starring Hugh Jackman, uh, Dandy Newton. Who else is in there, Mike? Oh, it's uh, Rebecca Ferguson. And sadly for the movie itself, didn't do that well at the box office. PG-13 sort of sci-fi thriller takes place a bit in the future. The general plotline, it's it's somewhat confusing, but it's Hugh Jackman essentially is like a PI, but it's like of the mind. So it's like he's able through these machines to look into people's like lost memories. And Mike, do you do you want to take this one from here a little bit? You want to give your thoughts? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't. I didn't see any takes before I went into the movie, um, but then I felt redeemed when I was like, "Oh, I didn't really like that at all." And then I saw that most people didn't really like it at all. I just, I for me, I think the most, the two most glaring parts were that one. I just didn't care about any of the characters. It was just like really bland. Like no one was really that interesting. It kind of just ended up being a sort of pretty standard you know, kind of attempt at film noir, uh, which leads me to point number two, which is like the memory thing was like almost totally inconsequential. Like it really just ended up being a very like standard detective movie with like not that well fleshed out characters or storylines. And I just, yeah, it just, it wasn't like offensively bad. It just did like absolutely nothing for me. I could not agree more. You, you said it all 
bland characters, just sort of like a, okay, like the story's all right. And it just was very mediocre and forgettable. I've already completely forgotten it, to be honest. Same. I think it's a pass from both of us. But yeah, I guess if you have HBO, maybe check it out and see if it's your thing because it is supposed to be like a sci-fi thing. But yeah, I would definitely, definitely not check it out in the theaters for sure. No, it's this this one you can pass on. Sorry to say. And yeah, we hate trash in a movie, but this one, it just, it, we both did not love it. So that's what we think about Reminiscence. And uh, I think now it's time to get to it. I'm going to start in a big way for me. And my number five is 1994's Dumb and Dumber. What's I honestly don't even remember the opening scene. What is it? So I'm going to give it to you. I feel like maybe not everyone would, would call this one out. There's obviously some very iconic opening scenes out there in the world. But here's what I love about Dumb and Dumber. My, you know, one of my favorite comedies ever. It starts with Lloyd Christmas, played by Jim Carrey pulling up well you just all you see is a limo pull up to a sidewalk and a and a pretty girl standing out outside on the sidewalk oh yeah right right okay yeah and the back window of the limo opens up and jim carrey's head pops out and he tells the girl that he's he's on his way to a school for a lecture to give a lecture as if he's the passenger and asks her if she knows how to get there and then after hearing her voice, which very clear she has a European accent, he says, oh, that's a lovely accent you have there in New Jersey. And she goes, Austria. And he goes, oh, ain't that another shrimp on the bobby? <laughs> and it's just so fucking good. Obviously, as we that know, was the opening. that's the opening. And so and I may have messed that up. He might say something else before the shrimp on the bobby line, but point is of course that's an australian that would be australian and he ends up getting rejected by the girl he closes the window we see him climb into the front seat and he's off on his way and then as the credits roll we of course see um we see some of harry with his dog car and dog grooming business and it's just such a fucking concise, quick, hilarious opening that tells us everything we need to know. This this guy is dumb. And it tells us everything we need to know in such a quick, like, two-minute scene. And I just, it, it kicks us off on just a movie that is just going to have jokes like this throughout. And I, I love it. Yeah, that's great. I, I forgot that that was the opening scene, but it's definitely one of the most memorable. And, and frankly, the ending is also one of the most memorable. So It is. It is. But yeah, that's also some interesting points because I did want to get a comedy on my list. It's not my number five, but I do have one coming up. And, yes. I, and I do also think like the sort of, I don't know, the economy, like how concise that opening scene can be and tell you about the movie was a big part of how I judge my list. I like that. Okay, well, my number five is the basically the opposite of Dumb and Dumber. Ooh. Um, and that is 1998's American History X. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, I think most people know what this movie is, but the opening scene we have, it's all black and white. 
um, we have Edward Norton having like obnoxious sex with Feruza Balk while I think you can interpret that as his little brother uh, because he's living in the same house with him, but his, his brother Edward Furlong is just sort of laying in bed trying to sleep. And these guys start to break into Ed Norton's car. So his brother comes up and tells him we see Edward Norton. He pops up out of the bed. This is the first time you see the, he's a big swastika on his chest and you're like, Holy shit, what the fuck is up with this guy? And frankly, it's just a shocking moment because Ed Norton's put on like, I don't know, maybe like 25 pounds of muscle. He's jacked in this film, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and he's got a big swastika and you're like, holy shit, what the hell is this? And then he goes outside with his gun and just shoots them. Well, he shoots like one of them and then he shoots another one, but not dead. And he shoots at the car as well. And you're just like, holy shit. So this guy, all we know about Ed Norton is that he's a super racist that likes guns and killing people. And then he walks up to the guy that's on the sidewalk and that's when it cuts. Of course, I don't know if I'm not, I'm not, I'm ruining anything. If you haven't seen this movie, I'm sorry. But like we only find out about halfway into the film that he curb stomps that guy. And that's how he ends up sort of in jail in the first place and goes on his like transformation. But holy shit, is this movie intense? Uh, for, for about maybe three minutes, uh, you get so much about Edward Norton. You see sort of the dynamic of the film. You know, you're wondering why these dudes are breaking into his car in the first place. Of course, the swastika gives you a clue about that. You see a little bit of the inexperience, maybe innocence, of Edward Furlong's character. And, and it just sets up an entire movie um, in a very short time. That's really, it's, it's a complicated movie, right? So it's, it does a lot in a short amount of time. Dude, such a great choice. And what an impactful film, like no matter when you saw it. I mean, we were pretty young when it came out. And I remember this was one of the first movies that like everyone would sort of talk about. And yeah. obviously the curb yeah. stomp scene was like very famous. Right. But like it's it's a it's a deep film and it's, it's a really good film. And this is uh, yeah, they do a lot in those first three minutes without doing too much but they tell you a lot and it's yeah it's really well done yeah i mean it's it's almost an educational film in a way yes. i feel like it's sort of required viewing um when you're growing up and just very quickly i didn't know this but apparently uh they are in development with tony k coming back as director for a follow-up movie called african history y starring jimin hunsu no shit I didn't know that, but that's like, I think maybe late last year they announced that. So I'll be very interested to see uh, what that is. That is very interesting indeed. Wow. Title could use some work, if I'm honest. Agreed. Agreed. I feel like it's classic trying to cash in on something that was previously successful when it probably could just be a completely other movie entirely. Totally agree. Yeah. But okay, we'll check it out. We'll definitely check it out. That's, That's a great pick, by the way, Mike, though. For number five, well, thank American you. History X. Um, what uh, is your number four? So my number four, obviously, I know we're similar, so I'm sure we both tried to hit some different genres, and this is going to be my foray into the horror realm. Oh, nice! And that is, I, I'm curious if you also have it or not, but for me, number four is going to be 1996's Scream. So I, I, I don't. I ended up going with. I'm pretty sure just one horror and it was very hard to pick screen was on my short list, but I did not go with it. Well, I'm glad I did in that case. 
absolutely fantastic opener. Thank you. I mean, one of the most iconic opening scenes in horror film history. It's just so good. Most people know it. Drew Barrymore, she gets a phone call while she's at her house alone for the night. And it is it is Ghostface. And this is our first intro to the, the, the infamous killer. And just the way the scene is done is masterful from what, what does he say? Do you want to play a game? Yeah, I want to play a game. No, wait, that's Saw. That's, that's Saw. Saw. That's Saw. That's Saw. My what's your favorite right scary there. movie? What's your, yes, what's your favorite scary movie? Um, and from there on out, I mean, it just it, it's such a great conversation that they have. And then, of course, the tension sort of builds as she starts to realize this is actually a little bit strange. And then her realizing, oh, fuck, this is actually a guy that's here trying to kill me. And of course, it ends with her getting brutally murdered and then we actually start the film but it's it's just one of it's unbelievable i mean so unbelievable that of course scary movie that's how they they open their movie by spoofing this opening scene because it's that fucking good and that's a great spoof as well great part of the movie it is it really is um yeah so i mean what can you say scream it's classic love the scene super scary um introduces the killer been been memed and parodied to the end of time and that means you did something right right exactly and uh like i said very very high up on the horrors um i thought about it was going to mention my honorables so great choice grazie and my number four is my comedy selection also debated a lot here and i landed on 2001 super troopers oh such this is fantastic it's just such a great opening. Um, you know, you see the guys, the, I guess, teens or college kids or whatever they are, they're in the car and they have all the drugs and they get pulled over by the cop. Then they eat the drugs. Um, and then the cops spend like, I don't know, maybe like five minutes just fucking with them in various ways. Um, and it's just absolutely hilarious. And it, you know, totally introduces to you. And basically, you know, the at least what the internet says is that was more or less the concept of the film was like that opening scene was like, what if cops just fucked with us? Cause we used to drive around like stoned all the time, the, the broken lizard, the creators of the film. And this was sort of like the Genesis of it. And obviously it became the whole film um, from there. And depending on how far you, you know, you let this scene go, cause it really is all pretty connected. One of them drives by like going super fast or you don't know it at the time, but then they chase him. Um, and you find out it's one of them and then they go to the diner after that, which I would say is like the second scene. So depending on how far you want to let that first scene go, you get that chase in as well, which is hilarious. But mm -hmm. one of my favorite drug scenes set the tone for the entire film. Uh, absolutely love it. And really one of the best scenes in the whole film. Totally agree. It's it's one of the best. It, they It's a great movie all in all, but it's very hard for them to top that opening scene. and. Like Mike said, and like we've been saying about all these picks so far, it pretty much tells you everything you need to know about what this movie's about, who these characters are, and what's about to happen. Yep, absolutely. It's, oh, that's a great pick. There's truly, like, when I was thinking comedies, Mike, the, to me, the only, like, maybe I was forgetting one, but so you don't have any other comedies, right? No, no, I don't. 
I don't either. So I'm going to just say, yeah. to me, the only ones I was really thinking of were Dumb and Dumber, Super Troopers, and Old School. American Pie. Oh, yeah. How the fuck could I forget that? Both both one and two. I had forgot American Pie. and then Holy shit, those are great. Uh, you know, hat tip to our friend, Coach Adam, having a little chat with him. He mentioned Old School to me just the other day and I was like shit that's really good that might replace super troopers I left it off but that is an absolute classic classic I'm uh I'm here for the gangbang <laughs> I was about to quote that same line. <laughs> that is just the fucking best god damn oh, it's so good it's so good oh man so wait that's you for three I'm at I'm at three okay. so uh okay number three going into the sci-fi world and my number three is 1999's The Matrix. Oh, wow. Okay, nice. So I will just, I will never forget. There's certain movie experiences you never forget the first time you saw a movie. I will never forget starting The Matrix for the first time and it just opening and bringing us, you have to remember, of course, the technology with film and action movies back then and what unfolds in the first five minutes you know you're in for something that you've never seen before at that point and it starts you see sort of the you know the green like hacker lettering going across the screen and you hear trinity who's played by carrie ann moss talking to uh cypher who's played by joe pantoliano and you immediately hear this thing about you know morpheus thinks he's the one and so you're immediately you're sort of brought into okay like this is something about like trying to find the one then you end up you let's put it this way from just not even seeing any visuals for the first 30 seconds you get a little taste of okay like i'm starting to put some very mild pieces together then you open to trinity sitting in a room these cops come in we see agent smith and the agents coming and and then trinity shows that she is not to be fucked with and starts sort of you know jumping around the room dodges a dodges a couple bullets kills a couple police officers and a chase starts which of course ends with her not ends, but almost towards the end, sort of the climactic moment of it, her jumping from building to building and sort of doing it in a very not-of-this-world fashion. She essentially drifts up into the air and is able to make it across something that no regular human could jump over. And it just blew my fucking mind when I first saw this, I, and I think it blew many people's minds when they first saw it, given it is one of the most, you know, sort of famous movies of the last 30 years. It just brought you into this world and immediately no fucking holds barred you're in. And it really sets off the matrix with a bang. Man, to be honest, I kind of forget that that's the opening scene of this too because, you know, when we transition into Neo's storyline, that that really grips you right from the beginning as well. It does. It very mysterious. But yeah, I forget about this whole first scene. Where she has to make it to the phone, the different yes. phone. Yes. It's intense, dude. 
Yeah, that is, I mean, I would say the majority of that film is incredibly gripping. It's it's hard to look away from any of those scenes. One of my favorites of all time. It's been a minute since I've seen it, actually. I'm going to have to go back. Dude, it's a good time to rewatch. Again, I'm a I'm a big proponent of, you know, the people that super down the second and third. No, they don't even come close to the first, but they're fucking enjoyable movies, especially the third one, in my opinion. And Matrix 4 comes out December this year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'll definitely. That's when I'll do it. Do a full watch there. Right before. Perfect timing. Um, OK, great pick, though. Great pick. I like Thank that. You. Um, and I needed the reminder. So number three is my horror pick, and I went with something older, which I'm thinking you probably haven't seen, but I Ooh. like that because if it's got a good opening scene, I feel like it can entice you to see it, so it gives me something to shoot for. A hundred percent. And that is 1960s Black Sunday. It's a Mario Bava film. Ooh. Which no, the I've Italian title it. is The Mask of Satan. Wow. And this scene is a, uh, it's like the 1600s and it's kind of a classic like witch hunt setup. Um, and now it's all in black and white, but you know, we're at the scene where this, this woman who's played by Barbara Steele is like tied to a stake or a post or whatever you want to say. She's about to be like, like burnt at the stake. She's been accused and sentenced to death, um, for witchcraft and, before anything happens, she places a curse on the people that are doing this to her. Like they're part of her family, but it doesn't really matter. Um, so for one, you're like, okay, this is already like super, super intense. Even though it's black and white, it looks beautiful. Um, you know, what's up with this curse? What's going to happen here? Is she going to survive? Is she not? And then they pull out these like, well, masks basically, um, which like spikes on the inside. And they hammer the mask together, like over her face. And like blood is squirting everywhere. And you're like, holy shit. Like it's still really, really intense to this day. Um, And then they try to burn her at the stake. There's another guy there too, but it doesn't really matter. They try to burn her at the stake. But then it starts raining. And so her body doesn't burn. And you're just like, what the fuck does that mean? This is, this is incredibly intense. There was a curse. She's not dead. She's not burnt. Does that mean she can come back alive? Is she going to do the curse? And it's this whole, and you're just like, not only is it tense, but you're totally just in, like, I have to see where this goes. Whoa. Okay. I'm in. What's the, Wait, wait, wait. Say it once more for me, because I was, like, trying to write it when you said it, and then I forgot it. So what's oh, it called? The here? American title is Black Sunday. Black Sunday. And this is Mario Bava's directorial debut. And I mean, he'd, been, he'd done a lot of different, you know, work on films before. But yeah, it's it's a hell of a debut and a hell of an opening scene. Incredible. I'm uh, very pumped to check this out. Very pumped. Great number three. I love getting a new wreck that I can then watch and talk about on a catch-up episode down the line. Ooh, I would love to hear your take on that one. Yeah, it's going to happen. And... Uh, if you would like to listen to those episodes, you can join our Patreon where we put them out and you can actually get those episodes in our $1 tier. So check it out. Wow. So I'm at number two, eh? Number two. Okay. 
I went somewhere. We've we've talked about this scene before on another episode of the pod. And it's just undeniable. It had to be on my list. And that is the opening scene from 2009's Inglorious Bastards. Classic. I mean, it's just, it's unfucking believable. It's, when I think opening scenes, this is one of the first, if not the first, that comes to my mind because it's just an absolute masterclass. The introduction to Christoph Waltz's uh, antagonist in the film is is unbelievable and the tension in the room for the entire near i believe almost at least 10 to 15 minute maybe more scene maybe close to 20 is just unbelievable um it's a perfectly done opening scene in my opinion and if you haven't seen it get your ass to the tv and watch it yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's so so like you said, you introduce the villain, you get a ton of his personality. Um, you set up, you know, the 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 sort of setting, time and place of the film. We get the, you know, it's incredibly tense. There's a big sort of moment at the end, then you get the revenge angle that's set up for the rest of the film. It's pretty close to perfect for an opening scene. It really is. It really is. Okay, well, my number two is uh, definitely not something we've talked about on the pod, but I think also I can rope you in for this one because the opening scene is so good. Probably probably the best scene in the entire film, if I'm honest, though. Okay. So that is a kind of a low-budget film noir from 1949 called Too Late for Tears. Ooh. Now... This film has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is more a product of the fact that not many people have seen it or reviewed it, but it is still a good film. However, the opening scene is amazing. So it starts like this. There's a husband and wife driving. um, I think it's in like LA somewhere. Uh, But anyway, they're driving down the road. And it's there by the way they're talking. It seems like they're on their way to like a dinner party or something. And the wife is like, I really don't want to go see these people like they don't like me. I don't want to go. And she gets really aggressive. Like she's like trying to grab the wheel to like force him to turn around. And she almost like runs them off the road and shit. And so you're like, well, what the hell is wrong with this woman? Like this is she's crazy. And then another car drives by like in the opposite direction and throws a suitcase into their backseat. They're in like a drop top. And so they pull over and they're like, what the fuck was that? And they open it and it's full of money. And oh, the shit. husband the husband is like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And suddenly we see, you know, a car behind them, which presumably this was like an arrangement for someone to like transfer some money and they just picked the wrong car. And, and now there's a car coming after them who's the people that were supposed to get the money. And the wife is just like, fuck it, I want the money. And she just gr- jumps in the car and he gets in behind her and he j- she just takes the wheel and just slams on the gas. And they go like in a race down like sort of a Hollywood Hills type of thing. And she's like spinning out in the car and she's just ready to risk it all for this like 500 grand or whatever it is in, in like today's money. And that's the opening scene. Whoa, that sounds gripping as fuck and I'm in. 
Dude, it's great. It's great. Of course, you're just like, whose money is it? You know, will they get away? I with need it? to know. I need to know. With this woman is she? She's a little bit nuts. Like, is she sort of unhappy? Is something going on at home? We don't know. Tune into the rest of the movie and find out. Yeah, and I'll just mention very quickly. This movie is actually slipped into the public domain, so you can find this online, sort of anywhere. Ooh, okay. I like that a lot. This is a, this is an easy watch then. Easy to watch. 1949, too late for tears. Let's fucking go. Yeah, you will definitely not be able to turn it off after the opening scene. It's great. There's no, if there's anyone that just can't stop watching something, if there's a mystery involved, that it's me. I literally need to see what happens. It's a problem. I'm like watching a TV show right now that is just completely fucking me up in that department. And those mysteries will get you. That's true. That's true. See our 50th episode. One of your yep. favorites. Yep. Well, that's that's number one. Holy shit. We're here. Well, my friend, I can tell you what. There's only one opening scene. It's just the most perfect thing in, in movie history. It's There was just only one choice for me. And that's 1994's The Lion King. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Great choice. So, you know, the... Disney sign flashes across the screen. Everything goes to black. Na Savenya. I mean, do I need to say anything else? The fucking Pride Lands coming to life. Baby Simba being born. Held up to the sky. This whole incredible circle of life rendition as we're introduced to the Pride Lands, culminating in the scene of all of the animals around Pride Rock with Simba being held into the air to just an epic buildup and then just to black the Lion King movie starts. Are you fucking kidding me? I was going to say easily the most epic title card ever. Ever. It's just, it's too much. It's, I, I can't even handle it. I mean, this is why this movie is still within our pop culture sensibilities almost 30 fucking years later. It's a fucking classic. Mike and I used to watch it like once every month in college together. It's unbelievable. It's, I mean, it's undeniable, right? You can't say anything about Lion King. It's, it's basically a perfect film. And the beginning is, yeah. I mean, again, if you could cap your amazing beginning scene with a title card and that's one of the most epic parks, parts, you've, you've done something. Yes. Circle of goddamn life. It's the circle of life. Okay. I do feel like my number one can compete with that. But, I, but I am so high, ready. Very high bar, let's say. <laughs> um, That is 2006's Children of Men. Ooh. What a fucking great opening scene. Wow. And this is another one where it's two minutes of film almost exactly. And and the amount of things that are introduced and how somehow it's even just cohesive because like not that much actually happens um, in terms of different stuff. It, it's incredible. It's truly incredible. So, I mean, it opens and we're listening to and people are watching a newscast. And in the newscast, they say the British borders are closed. There's... Muslim communities speaking out sort of against the occupation of mosques. Deportation of illegal immigrants is continuing. And 
it's day 1000 of the siege of Seattle. And you're just like, what the hell does any of that mean? What's happening <laughs> in this world? What the fuck is happening? And then we find out that a soccer player has been murdered, stabbed at a bar. And so you're like, oh, this is like, is, you know, is this a dangerous place? Is there no security? What's going on? How did this guy get stabbed to death? And you find out he was 18. So, okay, that's sad. And then they say he was the youngest person on earth at age 18. And then you're like, what? What the fuck is happening here? What? So then Clive Owen walks outside. Um, and I think that's when we find out it's 2027. So now we know it's the future. He walks outside to a, a futuristic London, but unlike the future as reimagined in many a sci-fi movie, it's it's not good. I mean, it's grim, it's gray, it's, it's full of pollution, it's very dystopian. So we get the idea that, you know, there's not been a lot of progress. It's not a, it's not a good looking future in any way. And then Clive Owen has a cigarette, I think, and then a storefront explodes. Yep. And that's the beginning. And that's two minutes of film. And you're just like, holy shit. So much has been communicated to me. This world is crazy and I have no fucking idea what's going on. And I absolutely have to sit here and figure it out. It's an incredibly intense first two minutes. It, it's, it's insane. It's really fucking insane. Yeah, it's this is oh man. Children of Men. What a fucking movie. I have. Yeah, I right? actually I'm due right. for a rewatch on that. Dude, samesies. I, I rewatched the first scene two times and I was like, damn, I'm, I got to I like I know what happens, but I still got to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and Alfonso Cuaron, I mean, Gravity, Roma, Itumama Tambien. I mean, the guy kills it. <laughs> the guy kills it. Really fucking kills it. And Clive Owen. I don't know what Clive Owen's up to, but like, where yeah, he at? Is, where where I mean, is he at? We we were loving Clive Owen, and then he just decided to take a little, little break maybe. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I have to look into that. I hope something bad didn't happen. Yeah, you know? me too. I hope we're not just saying some bullshit. I'm like, I'm actually looking them up right now because I'm <laughs> yeah, let's go over our actually the first thing on they ask on Google is what happened to Clive Owen. That's a great question. I think that maybe he has chosen some time with family. Oh, OK. That's well, good for you then, sir. I mean, yeah, good for him. As long as nothing bad happened to him and he didn't do anything bad to anyone else. I'm good with it. You know? Yeah, same. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. Which, of course, sounds very on brand for Clive Owen. I love that. I mean, hey, I don't blame, you know, I'm sure he's doing okay monetarily. Yes. Take some time. Take as much time as you want. Yeah, bro, do what you want to do. But what a fucking fantastic number one. Should we recap our lips? lists? Our lists? Uh, yes. Our lists? Yeah, Ooh. let's do it. Um. So I had it number five, Dumb and Dumber. Number four, Scream. Number three, The Matrix. Number two, Inglorious Bastards. And number one, The Lion King. I had five, American History X. Four, Super Troopers. Three, Black Sunday. Two, Too Late for Tears. One, Children of Men. Awesome. Let's talk, let's talk honorables. Let's do it. I'll throw out a few. I've got a big one for me that almost made my list is 1995's GoldenEye. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice. I mean, just iconic. Covers the first three levels of the game. Exactly, exactly. If you've played the game, you know what I'm talking about. But just to start with just hearing the sound of the wind and pretty much dead silent and James Bond jumps off of the dam into the facility, 
and then of course escapes off the runway on uh by jumping down and then getting into the plane but it's just it's so fucking good it's it's an a master opening love that one another one that almost made my list 2008's the dark knight talk about a masterful opening scene christopher nolan the man is quite fucking good at both opening scenes and especially endings we'll get there but uh man the dark knight's opening which starts with a bank a bank robbery and essentially all of these henchmen who are all dressed in these clown masks all take each other out so they've all been ordered essentially unbeknownst to the others in a in an order of taking each other out so they'll you know one will do something and then once he's done the guy with him has been told to kill him and it goes all the way down until uh there's two guys left and one is the joker although we don't necessarily know that right away and the guy that's with him gets hit by a bus and then the joker ends up the bus driver comes out loads the money bags on joker kills the bus driver he's the only one left and there's an epic reveal of his face when he goes over to a guy that works at the bank played actually by william uh fit fit victor finch Fitcher? i never know how to say his name right oh, but, man, that's our new curio is yeah but uh he takes off the mask and we're we're introduced to the joker heath ledger of course rest in may he rest in peace and it's just such a fucking good opening so good and then one more i'll throw out which we may share mike i'm curious if we do is 1978's halloween Oh, yeah, that was definitely on the horror shortlist. Yes, it's just, I mean, the intro to Michael, young boy, kills his sister. We see it all in the first person view, and then we pan out to it's just young, a young boy holding the knife. And that's where the legend of Michael Myers starts. Yeah, I think the uh, the rest of the horror shortlist for me was Midsummer, Midsummer, however you want to say that. Ooh. Um, Suspiria uh 28 weeks later town that's on mine as well so fucking good um I'm trying to think I thought I had it oh it follows did you ever see it follows from I did and I'm blanking on the opening scene so the opening she like they're just like in the neighborhood like in suburbia and she like runs out of her house and she's standing in the street and and the people around her and her dad is like what's going on are you okay then she runs back into the house. Then she gets into the car. Then you see her on the beach all alone. And she's calling her dad. And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm terrible to you. I love you. And then it just cuts to her, like her body dead on the beach, like sort of like bodies all like distorted and like mangled. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's fucking intense. Yeah. I think that was my my horror list. Um, Let's see. What else did I have? 300. Ooh, I forgot about that one. Good old Jerry it's Butts. Like, and you get the the whole like backstory of him like as a kid where he goes out and he kills the wolf. You know, it's all narrated and he's yep. like, his spear was steady. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I love that. Um, and actually Sin City, just talking about movies oh, that are yeah. visually, visually similar. Um, have you ever seen Narc? I actually have not, funny enough. It's I I can't remember much about the movie, but I rewatched the opener, and it's 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 very similar to well, 
I think that the Paul Walker chase scene in what is that fast and furious? Is that the name of that one? Um, I think they took a lot from this sort of visually. It's all handheld. It's like a chase scene, but like within a couple minutes of this chase scene, someone gets stabbed in the neck. Then he shoots the stabbing guy in the head, but he also shoots a woman in the leg who's pregnant. And it's just like, it's fucking bananas. It's just, but it's just bananas. The amount of shit that happens. I might need to see that. Uh, you want to throw out a few more? Yeah, sure. I also had, I know I don't believe you're a fan of this movie, but I, I think the opening's incredible. And I know this is one that all the online threads love is Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Just a fucking unbelievable opening. I mean, from how he's introduced, sort of casting his whip out to going through the booby-trapped sort of uh, cave, we'll call it, to the the famous scene of him running away from the boulder. It is incredibly fun and a very quick, intense jolt into the action of the film. And one of the best sequences of the whole film, I'd say. Uh, So I'll say that Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, I love Pulp Fiction's opening, especially, of course, knowing what happens later in the film and how it all ties up. There's so many good Tarantino openings. Kill Bill's incredible. Kill Bill. Reservoir Dogs is great. Yeah, yeah, so many of his are great. Jackie Brown. But yeah. um, And then I guess the last one I'll throw out is really my last honorable would be 2001 A Space Odyssey. Just the iconic score over a view of the earth and then of course sort of the long we'll call it a long opening scene of the apes sort of learning how to make a weapon and then how to how to kill and it's sort of being the first step in the evolution towards man so it's it's i find that pretty fucking epic yeah that is a good one um yeah i guess i'll just start a few more too uh, of course, I think most people think of The Godfather. Not as many people think of Miller's Crossing, which is a very similar style opening um, that I like a lot. Ooh. Oh, we talked about Halloween you know, having like an incredibly long shot. Boogie Nights is the same way. And Touch of Evil is the same way. And I, the last one I think is one that I thought maybe you would throw out is Blue Velvet. Another very iconic opening with sort of the picket fence and the red roses, and then the guy sort of just collapses um, in the grass. There, oh my like god! Yes, the grass. What a fucking call! I love that. I love that shout. But yeah, I mean, we could do this forever. There's just so so many fucking good ones. So. There's so many. And let us know yours. I mean, there's many many that we didn't cover. So definitely let hit us up. Let us know which ones you like. Please do. And you know how you can do that on Instagram at Top Fives and Deep Dives, on Twitter, at Top Dives. If you want to email us, topfivesanddeepdives at gmail.com. And if, again, if you're interested in joining our Patreon, we recently, we now have two tiers. We have a $1 tier per month and a $3 tier per month. We're grateful for everyone that signs up. Uh, $3 gets you a lot more content, but $1 gets you quite a bit as well so um check it out see what you're into and if you want to help us out in a way that is completely free and takes a very short amount of time if you'd be so kind to go on apple podcasts go to our podcast page and leave us a five-star review 
that helps us get noticed. We're, we're so appreciative, guys. Seriously, thank you, everyone that's been listening for either so long or if this is your first episode. Can't wait to see you guys next week. Hope you guys enjoyed this week. We'll see you soon. Peace. Top fives and deep dives with Tata PTM. 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 My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese, followed by Quentin. I'm here for the gangbang.